I'm Lawson. And I'm Ollie. And, and we're, we're Two Force. Hello and welcome to the Two Force podcast, where two queer comedians discuss Netflix's animated comedy, Q-Force. We'd like to acknowledge this podcast is recorded in Mianjin, Brisbane, which is Yagara and Turable Land. I'm your host, Ollie, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm your host, Lawson, and my pronouns are he, him, but also gender is a construct I don't believe in. Let's get into it! This is the final episode of Q-Force, dubbed The Hole, which tells you a lot about the show. And we've managed to rope in famous Twitter comedy TV writer, Rebecca Shaw, Beck, who's also extra gay. So, welcome back to the pod. It's true. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you going? <laughs> How do I get the title of extra gay? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you just have to be old. I think it's oh, just, shit. it's the amount of hours. It's like how they say if you practice something for 10,000 hours or whatever it is. Then you become an expert have at you seen, it. You become an expert. Mm-hmm. That's, that's oh. what you got to do. Put in the hours. I would love for like all of my expertise to just be in being queer. That would be ideal. Like <laughs> let's break free from capitalism. I'm just going exactly. to spend my <laughs> it's life my day being job. Pe- Oh, get paid for being queer. Like, that's the ideal. Yes. Well, the Q-Force team have done it, basically, so... Yeah, they've finally done it. This is the episode where they do it. They have the big victory party at the end. But before we get to that, we have we have all the Grayscale agents who are ex-spies whose memories were wiped because they were gay spies, and they're activated by saying, Deborah Winger has been in too many movies. Oh, Lawson, are we getting straight into it this time? You don't straight- want to have a 20-minute discussion about Nicki Minaj again. <laughs> Nicki Minaj's uh, most recent video? No, we did that last episode, and she hasn't come out with anything new. So, oh. But before we do get straight into the episode, actually, we can ask Beck this question. Do you have a favourite character from this, I assume, single episode of q <laughs> Well, I watched um, the episode we're talking about and then went back to watch episode 8, I think, to try to understand what had just happened to me. Um, but (laughs) I really... And did it work? Yeah, no, it didn't. No, it was fine. Um, but I really liked Twink because, but I think in part it's because I listen to Lost Culturistas, which is Matt Rogers's podcast. I don't know if you have listened to it. I haven't, but I... I have not. Is that the voice of Twink? Yes. Yes. So he's... He does Lost Cotteristas with him and Bo and Yang from SNL. Oh, I love um, Bo and Yang. And so I'm very, yeah. And they do this, like, very long-running, like, gay pop culture podcast, basically. So I'm like, it just sounds like Matt Rogers, and all the lines sound like Matt Rogers. So I was like, oh. But obviously I also love Stat because of the character, and um, I'm obsessed with Patty Harrison. Oh. I think they there must be something in this show that the – People who are doing the voices are adding some of their own jokes in it yeah. because I think that he has his voice, and then Deb is also Wanda Sykes, yes. and her jokes are kind of in her voice a lot mm. as well. Yeah, and I love Deb. Obviously, I'm going to, but that was like to me, that's like, duh. Of course, I love Deb, but I was more surprised sure, that I loved sure. Twink as much as I did, who I thought had some really funny lines. Um, I it, consistently, I think one of the funniest characters. Yeah. And, and this episode, I think, a good showcase with a lot of the, um, with, with Pride being one of the big event that's going on. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think it, it has been a consistent thing where 
Twink and Stat have been the funniest characters. And at least in episode eight, if you went back and watched that, where they had their own little side adventure, it really just showcased that maybe the whole show should have actually been about them and not this type A, you know, stereotypical... I'm a gym boy, yeah. white gay man who's in his well, mid-30s. They've done the the problem that, like, Orange is a New Black and shows like that have where the pro- main protagonist is the worst one. And it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. you, the show has yeah. to be driven by them, but also you wish it was not driven by them. I also don't oh. really – I like, I sort of love um, – oh, shit. What's who's, – who's the Will and Grace guy? Sean – Who's the voice oh, of Oh, Sean, Sean, Sean Hayes? Sean yeah, Hayes. Sean Hayes. Yeah. Because I love him generally, but I don't really love the voice work in this with the character. I don't know. I, it, it was, I was mm. thinking like he's playing the straight man. Haha. Joke there. Um, to like all the funny, <laughs> <laughs> to all the funny people. And yeah, he's a bit boring, but that's fine. Yeah. He is. No, I, I think he is. I think he's a boring character because I think that they, I think this whole show this is sort of something we talked about. The show, whole show feels like it, it was written to allow straight people to watch it, I think. Yes. And so they were like, this guy's, you know, our main gay has to be as close to being straight as possible. Right. Interesting. And sorry if I go over stuff you've already talked about to the listeners. No, but no. No, no, no. We'll no, bring no. it up. Try to be. We love to be okay. agreed with. <laughs> great. We're off to a great start. <laughs> and. And Please boring agree with gym me gays. <laughs> I agree with everything you've ever said before now. <laughs> oh my god, Excellent. are we best friends now? This is the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Did, did you guys think the Deborah Winger line was, you know, it got a couple of beats in this episode. Did you think it was a, a winner? Do you think it was current to, I think to it, the people today? To me, it played like um, a really specific kind of joke that a certain kind of gay would love yeah and i think because i've got a lot of i don't know how much you guys but like ira madison the third was a voice in this app who does keep it which is a podcast i'm a bit like this is all the this show is very gay podcast host vibes like um sure sure ira madison who's keep it with lewis vattel who was on lost culture easters today like it's all those guys and gabe liebman as yeah. well so it's a very like that like i that it is a good joke, but it not necessarily was funny to me. But I get, no. I was like, I like was like, oh yes, that is a good joke for this. But I didn't make me laugh. Yeah, I, I feel like it could have been something a little bit more modern day. I don't know what that is. Zendaya, I don't know. I'm no, but I okay. I'm gonna disagree with you for a second. I, one, I didn't find the joke that funny, so I agree there. But I also think in the context it makes Mm. sense because we're not talking about – they're not activating, like, 21-year-old gay agents. That's true. Uh, They're they're activating the elder gays. So I I guess in the context of that, a joke that maybe seems a bit older makes sense. Again, it didn't really – Yeah, I guess it makes sense plot-wise, but I just – it doesn't feel – it felt like it took up a lot of space. In this, the final episode. Yeah. But also all these gay podcast hosts love the actresses of the, you know, older actresses and divas and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. So I think it... The old Hollywood glamours. Yeah. Which 
I I don't know if I've ever seen anything Deborah Winger is in, but I acknowledged it <laughs> as a as a thing that worked. I moment. googled her. I googled her, and I think that we probably all have, but I don't remember a single one of the things now. So mm-hmm. you know, this was only twenty minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> they weren't particularly memorable for me and my experience. The the only thing I recognised was. Um, they mentioned the ranch, and I never have seen any episode of that. But um, I, I just remember it was a really weird thing that I think my brother was into. And no, who was it? No, my brother was into other stuff. Uh, it's like I, I saw it somewhere, and it seems like it's a very like straight centric mm. show that is really weird and it has Ashton Kutcher in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I saw an ad for that. I've never watched it. Is that where she's from? Oh, yeah. No, this is The Ranch. The Ranch is that show that came for Ashton Kutcher after Two and a Half Men, isn't it? Um, Once Two and a Half Men ended, he went to do some half-hour comedy called The Ranch. Anyways. I've really (laughs) not been keeping up with, um, not been keeping up with Ashton Kutcher's career by any means. This is all news to me. I left him (laughs) at punked. That's a good place to leave him, I reckon. You know, one thing about Ashton Kutcher that I will say in his favour is apparently he's a very strong advocate for, um, anti-sex trafficking work in the United States. So he's, like, been to Congress Mm. and spoken about it and stuff like that, so... Interesting. Good. Good. Um, good also, he's married. Isn't he married to Mila Kunis? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah. And they don't. Who's... They don't have showers as well. Oh, no, that's, that's Jake right. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't oh, shower. Sorry. And as we know, he betrayed Taylor <laughs> Swift. Give her scarf back. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I'm passionate about that fucking scarf. I like to imagine that. I like to imagine that every podcast episode, you somehow get to this. <laughs> like Taylor Swift scarf in the weirdest parts. We got there from Ashton Kutcher somehow. I, I think I've mentioned it in like three separate episodes and this is this is my shared podcast slash Taylor Swift universe. And I'm like, I'm not actually even that big of a fan of Taylor Swift. Mm, it's the principle. It's the principle. Like don't take someone's scarf and yeah. then break up with them. Also, rhyming <laughs> car keys and patriarchy. Oh, so good. Anyway, Side tangent. (laughs) (laughs) I actually want to talk about speaking of the patriarchy and this episode. I want to talk about how, um, and it's this. It's again this maybe this particular kind of of kind of gay man humor that I I want to talk about how the final bad guy in this show, rather than being the AIA, which is like, you know, erase the memories and lives of all these gay agents who served their country or whatever. Mm -hmm. Instead of that being the final enemy, in this episode they're kind of like a joke, and the final episode is a white woman who's using the, like, language of, like, girl boss and stuff. I Yeah, I didn't know if she was, like, um, I guess she's been in a few episodes, but the whole ep seemed to cover so much really quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. everything got wrapped up in one location with this one woman who got overpowered extremely easily and i was like okay it felt more like she would be the villain of like one episode during it like a week of you know baddie of the week but yeah then i was like so is she the main villain this whole no, time i'm like what no, well, i didn't really track so no it's really strange it's really strange as sort of a wrap-up episode. Yeah. so yeah. mira mira was a um parody of mia thomopolis from the princess diaries mm-hmm and she Great was initially, I, I agree, such a good movie. Julie Andrews, 
adopt me. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> she's she's this parody of uh, Mia Thermopolis, who also is the sort of stereotypical like bachelorette at a gay bar, um, where she's mm-hmm. using a lot of co-opted queer language, mm-hmm. a- and it's like being that ally where it's like actually i'm an ally so i can say this um (laughs) which i think in itself if she had been positioned as a villain from the start that would have been kind of funny as a i guess comment on performative allyship um look at me just bringing out my fucking social work degree like (laughs) like an asshole um but and they hosted Eurovision, yes. which was kind of like Eurovision. That was a previous episode. Yeah. Right? So Genovia right. was introduced. It's a Christmas country, um, and it, it has this princess who's was an ally to the people, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to, to the Q, to Q Force until. But the real overarching story this season has been about Grayscale and the agency yes. that these queer agents work for, having this deep dark background where they mm-hmm. erased their gay agents' memories. But mm-hmm. then it pivots where Mira is suddenly the villain because she assisted Q Force in getting the stuff about Grayscale, and then she's using it against everyone so she can have some power in this country because the only way to get power is by marrying a man. There's also been a consistent sort of through line of her flirting with the worst character, Buck. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Buck, this episode. <laughs> I'm going to say, was thankfully hypnotised and not speaking. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. You really dodged a bullet on that one. I recapped Married at First Sight this morning, which is absolute hell, and I was like, who is this Married at First Sight man on my gay TV show? Why (laughs) am I being put through this? And I was like, I've seen little sprinkles of him in the other episodes and I really don't I'm just like why is he even there like Mm -hmm. do we need this like straight like he's representing straight people and they have to like win him over or work and I'm like no I just I would much prefer if he just wasn't there like let us have some peace (laughs) yeah exactly no no this this is that we love you being on the podcast because that is exactly how (laughs) this guy does not need to be in this show a differently written show could have not included this guy. It also could have not yeah. really included the whole thing where the, like the the whole arc of this show is that at the beginning, um, these guys weren't giving being given any work because the whole agency mm-hmm. was homophobic. Yeah, and so then they do a mission and they prove themselves and they get start getting some resources and so forth and they solve some missions or whatever. And then they find out this conspiracy about the agency they work for. But that, yeah, was kind of all wrapped up last episode. And so the final episode is about this weird thing with the princess. Yeah. So strange. Yeah, that's why, that's why I couldn't follow it because I was like, the grayscale thing seemed like this is their huge enemy. Mm-hmm. But then also it's, here's a detour for the final ep where it doesn't, cl- that's not the climax. The climax is some random princess woman who gets beaten too easily in my opinion yeah it's yeah yeah and, and like... also that the climax is is centered on a straight marriage mm. is a really yes. interesting choice for <laughs> this and show. 
as um twink says he's like the only straight couple that can get married during Pride is Oprah and Stedman. Yes, that was... <laughs> Which that, I thought was really funny. Very good. It, I, I think the issue with this episode in particular is it... it does this thing which i think the show's been struggling with the whole season which is it desperately wants to be a like villain of the week show but it also wants to have Mm. a through line and an arc and it just it can't juggle both so Mm -hmm. it, it would have been so interesting to see i guess a villain of the week show where we did have a little bit of an overarching, like, the the agency is sinister, and then in the last episode, that's where mm. they're fighting the agency. Um, but Well, they didn't even have to fight the agency at this thing. The only through, like, we could have hints of that, and the only through line through the season could have been the personal development of the characters. Yeah. And that would have still been mm. interesting if mm. it was just Monster of the Week, Monster of the Week. And they wouldn't, like, this is one of the reasons I wanted to review the show, um, is, is that, it seems like they brought in all this stuff that they didn't need to. Like, th- mm. they've decided to go in this sort of political way with the plot and talk about, like, institutional erasure. But the show isn't ready to have that conversation. And <laughs> it sort of just waves it away. They could have just been gay spies who solve gay crimes. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> but what could be more simple than that? What could be and right? are the crimes are gay? gay? <laughs> are you saying the crimes are gay as well as the... Beck, I don't care. <laughs> Look, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read for Tonightly with uh, Tom Ballard or, or Hard Quiz. So I, I take your experience. <laughs> that an episode where they investigate Lady Gaga not getting an Oscar nomination. Oh, that would be so funny this though. This is the goal. <laughs> you know what? Um, hey, hey, Netflix, uh, hire. Sure to write your next yes, queer thank spy you, show. Finally, someone had to say. <laughs> you, it. Someone. You're not, had you're not to. even. You're not even trying for. They a, did two epi- for a second season of uh, queer force. No, no, just, like, just your next queer spy show. <laughs> no, like an Aussie queer spy show uh, where I don't know. You have to investigate right. where all the glitter is because Mardi Gras is about to start in <laughs> Sydney. Where's the glitter? Um, is it biodegradable? The dolphins. Uh, See, I think that would be a very funny episode where it's all based around a company that's se- selling biodegradable glitter, but they find out it's not biodegradable. And so the Q-Force <laughs> oh, has gosh. to go in and shut them down. I would I would like to watch that show. <laughs> and then you watch the, like, Erin Brockovich takedown in the court it turns into a courtroom show <laughs> where you see the gay lawyers taking yeah. down the company and it's and it's produced by dick wolf the q firm there we go <laughs> yes it just felt like they were doing so much in this episode where i'm i'm like they're obviously trying to wrap up stuff but also i'm like this is an animation like you didn't need yeah like things don't need to be tied up like everything doesn't need to be jammed into an episode yeah absolutely absolutely it takes itself seriously in a way that it's not fun it's it's interesting because i was just listening to a speaking of podcast script notes um and they had michael sheron talking about the good Mm. place and he was talking about how he wrote that he was talking about going from the inside to the outside of the outside to the inside and he's saying good shows are written from the inside to the outside. So the first thing he was talking and thinking about was, uh, when he was writing The Good Place, was someone who was just a terrible person and who had failed this system that he had in his head 
of, you know, like, oh, that person cut me off, they lost a thousand points or whatever. Um, and that was mm -hmm. Eleanor. And then from there, he came up with the idea of her being in the afterlife and being through eth and talking about ethics stuff. Like, he wanted to bring that into the show. Mm. But it feels like this show, what they've done is they've gone queer spies, and then they've built inwards from that. That's, like, mm. the outside mm. shell, and then they built inwards. They haven't thought about, like, what the relationships between the people are. When we do get glimpses of good relationships, it, it feels like they are such... They're not the focus. So... The and good frustratingly, there are glimpses. And it, but the thing is, like, there's been some really fun little relationship things. So the side stuff with Stat and Twink, super fun. We don't, we haven't seen Pam in several episodes. Pam is uh, Deb's wife, and their mm. relationship is really cute. It's like, like they've adopted a whole bunch of dogs, and they have a barbecue, and uh, she's into like weird homeopathic stuff. Uh, like Pam's into all the weird homeopathic stuff, but they love each other so deeply. Um, it's honestly is... one of the best queer relationship representations on TV. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> this, it's really, this relationship. It's really nice. But then they also have like, they made the bizarre decision to make V straight and not have her totally in love with Karen, who you don't see a lot of this episode. Um, Last episode was all about Karen. This episode, she does not speak at all. I think she says one thing right at the start. She's in it. She's, yeah. We see her face, but I don't know if she's the same. And V is voiced by Laurie Metcalf, right? Yes. Who, who I am. A, I'm older than you guys, probably. So I'm. I was obsessed with Roseanne as a child. Mm -hmm. So and I was like in love with her. And <laughs> she has such queer vibes, but I don't think is queer in real life. But in the last season of Roseanne, it was sort of retconned. When they did that weird dream, I don't know if it. Oh yeah, I know. I, I know. What I'm saying. But I, I know what you're talking about. Basically, yeah. they right. Basically, they like retcon Jackie as who's Laurie Metcalf as being a lesbian the entire time. So I'm like, is is there a possibility that that is what this like? That's something that a gay person, like Gabe Liebman, might be obsessed with. Is yeah. like honestly, I the, think that's how really Roseanne turned out. I think that's really possible. So that's like, exactly the kind of thing that yeah. they like have sort of done weird parodies and references to in the past. Yeah. 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 And I was also going to say, I think the show, I mean, I haven't seen as much as you guys, but I think it's, it's difficult because it's, it's like, we want to make this gay spy show, like queer spy show. How amazing would that be? But the world they've put it in is still, they're still, their main thing is like fighting against homophobia and mm -hmm. like, I feel like we, as a society, we haven't moved on from homophobia, obviously, but <laughs> I feel like imagine? it's still restrict. Yes, <laughs> but it's still restricted the show so much because yeah. they're always still the outcasts and they're still like fighting against this thing rather than just being like this world that's created. And the interesting part being the relationships like between each other and mm -hmm. our community. Instead, it's still all so much about like the bad homophobic stuff and it's like um in Shit's Creek <clears throat> when what's Dan Levy was like we just made that show being like there's no we're not going to deal with homophobia yeah. in the show we're building this world I'm not saying they that's what they should do because it obviously exists but it sort of restricts the fun you can have and how much you see between the characters because they're always fighting this external thing I yes. don't know if that makes any sense no it makes but, a lot of sense no that makes total sense <laughs> I think that's the, I feel like that's kind of the undercurrent of my frustration with the show is mm. that 
it, it's always about fighting this external big systemic force mm. that is so real and prevalent outside of this cartoon world. And when I'm watching something like a cartoon, I, I want to have that sort of fantasy. I want to be able to feel like, even if it's something serious, I want to be able to feel like this is a different world to my own and mm. enjoy being in that world, no matter if it's a, a more serious story or a comedy story, whatever. But it just feels like they're, they're tiptoeing at little bits of this really silly, campy stuff. Like Genovia mm. is a, a a land that's permanently stuck in Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I love like, that. That's, that's great. That's silly. That's so yeah. fun. Yeah. But they're just like, mm, but actually the undercurrent of everything is homophobia. And patriarchy. Like, no, just episode. give us... Well. Yeah, homophobia and patriarchy. Yeah. And you can deal with those things and do it in a subtle way or like a fun way or whatever, but... This just seemed to make it so much about straight culture. <laughs> and I'm like, this is why yes. I'm watching this show because I don't want to watch straight people all the time. And exactly. it's like it's infiltrated <laughs> with straight culture. And I'm like, no, the fun, like we should be allowed to not do this anymore, not even engage with them or or think about them as the audience or whatever. Like that's yeah. not it kind of feels, fun for me to watch. And maybe I don't know too much about gay movement, but it kind of feels trauma informed, honestly the show like it's still like it's trying to be like a like a gay kid in grade 10 trying to mm. reenact parts of the simpsons for the jocks to make them <laughs> it's kind of yeah. but in that case sweaty, i'm know? like write write an indie movie and then make a fun <laughs> cartoon <Yes>. like <laughs> yeah. we don't do we need it all in this no. and he's really fun like i really <sighs> like his work but and there's some really great jokes in it, obviously, but I'm just like, the problem is, I think the world, like the relationships aren't the main focus when you really want them to be. Yeah, yeah I think that, yeah, and yeah. In, in this, this one of the reasons it's sort of frustrating is there are really funny jokes in here um, on occasion, and there are also some really well put together plotted bits of the show, but sometimes it just goes crazy wild. So, like, what happens mm. this episode, they... Take all those AAA agents they who were grayscaled and lost their memories. They reactivate them. Mm -hmm. Then we hit, go to the AAA headquarters where the homophobic director and his assistant, who was a lesbian, by the way. They... Can I, sorry, can I just jump in? Uh -huh. Because one of my favorite things is that her name is like Louise Desk. Linda Desk, yeah. <laughs> yes, Louisa Linda De Desk. Louisa Desk. Is it Louisa Desk? I thought it was Louisa but um, maybe I was wrong. I think it's Louisa. I I'm positive. It's Louisa right. Desk, voiced by. No, it's uh, Wikipedia says you're wrong. Um, I know you Wikipedia fool. has betrayed you for the I last feel like time. Netflix anyway, uh, writes it as Linda, but keep going. Yes. Oh yes. Well, Louisa Desk is just a great name for a secretary. So <laughs> this good. is very funny. <laughs> oh. Totally. I, like, I actually really like Louisa Desk as a character, and She's there's been great. funny points throughout the show. Um, I would have, you know what? I would have loved just a whole episode exploring more of the relationship between her and Deb, because mm. they have a thing. Mm. They they were both on Survivor together. Yes. Um, Obsessed with that. <laughs> and I love her line that was like, lie to the highest ranking secretary yes. in the world when, when he wanted to call the president and tell him that everything yeah. yeah everything's <laughs> so good so good anyway sorry i interrupted i just love desk 
No. No, no, it's so good. So, but this scene, like, that joke is okay, but then also in this scene is a joke where they're all the common system is shut down and the director's like, have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in again? Which my eyes went into the back of my head. And also we didn't need Have you it. tried unplugging your joke machine and plugging that back in? Seeing if there's anything, an update of some kind? Got him. Uh, it needs, needs a firmware update. Like, <laughs> But we didn't need any of this that scene, really. It was so irrelevant to anything that was happening. Yeah. And this episode was packed. Um, so then they're in Genovia for World Pride. Twink mm-hmm. is twinking outside the box and he is inside of a box. They're dressed up as janitors. He's inside the um, big cart the janitors are carrying around and so stat. Twink gets out, he gets into the vents and stat hacks some TVs and the princess's plan is to marry Buck. Buck is an... In- they, they go into the... Uh, they go into the palace they find buck isn't there where they thought he was so they can't rescue him they're like what's the princess's plan they decide to watch cobblestones the soap opera that they've been mentioning for the whole season uh and that says what the princess's plan is which is to marry buck you are really powering through this. <laughs> so uh, we can talk about it. Th- through this summer. Yeah, yeah. And also things Ooh, were bouncing all over here. There's lots to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just getting it all out. Buck is hypnotized. He's got a hat on that's hypnotizing him. Uh, he says that he's in love with his curvy wife, which is a really interesting thing to say about the like stick skinny woman that he's marrying, the Princess of Genovia. There's a reference to uh, Chicago. I'm not sure if anyone caught the name on everybody's lips is going to be Genovia. Uh, yes, I did yeah. Not catch as, that, as, a, as a musical theatre nerd, I did indeed <laughs> catch it. Um, and now I want to go watch Chicago. That's, that's more of the gay male side of the fence than your areas of expertise, potentially, Beck. Is that too homophobic? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very offended. <laughs> no, no. Is, is it ho- fellas? Is it homophobic to be into musical theatre? <laughs> I love Chicago. I, I think, um, yes. Queen Latifah, extremely hot. Oh, yeah. It's my contribution. She deserves a lot of tat. So yes, cobblestones. Oh my god, Lawson! No what? more Chicago <laughs> jokes. That's the best line from that song. Um, okay, uh-uh. no, just just quickly, just quickly. Uh, everyone, go around. What's your favorite Chicago song? Uh, I'll go first. It's w- then we both reach for the gun. Oh yeah, it's they both reach for the gun. Obviously, Razzle Dazzle is a is a is a second but, post runner. But I. I also love Cell Block Tango, I'm afraid oh. to say. No, don't be afraid. Above, we both reach for the gun. So many murders. <laughs> Never be afraid to say that you like a song where it's hot women murdering men. Like, that's <laughs> just <laughs> feminism. <Exactly>. It's... <laughs> that's, that's feminism, right? Oh, I, I, I got it right? Like, Something yeah, like that. Yeah, that is absolutely oh, feminism. Thank God, 101. Thank God. I, that's the Princess of Genovia's type uh, feminism because she's going to use the hats that she's making everyone wear at her wedding to hypnotize everybody and create a giant gay army, which we find mm-hmm. out because they look at the cobblestones soap opera that we've been talking about. Stat explains that that is actually the Genovian law and religion. This show, yes, Makes and sense. then <laughs> they go to the church of Genovia, which is where the video archives are held, and Mary says to. Twink, 
please stay outside this church and guard it. And he says, I'm guarding a church in the middle of Pride and I don't even get to go to it. What's next? Are you going to give me math homework? Fuck. And I, <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah, math isn't real. Like, that, I think queer culture is admitting that math is not math real. Math is homophobic, <laughs> at least. Oh, that's so brave of you to say. <laughs> As Thank a bisexual, you. I can do some math. The... <laughs> Anything I'm bad at is homophobic. <laughs> that's how I live my life. Exactly. Stairs, homophobic. And now this, <laughs> part, <laughs> this part of the podcast is going to be Mary's favorite part of the podcast because exposition is his favorite part of any show. He says during some especially exposition-heavy parts of this show, which was kind of funny and tongue-in-cheek, but it also just reminded me that the writers didn't really get it together on this one, right? <laughs> they're, they're like, a clever, oh, a clever way to get out of that. Yeah, though. like he hung the lampshade on it, and I, it was still too much yeah. lamp. <laughs> um, so much lampshade. Because they were doing so much, they're like, so much. this episode had so many things going on, and they were like, mm-hmm. they still had a huge exposition scene where someone just said what was happening, and they still, it was too packed. Yeah, and they still included these little bits with director Chunley and Linda Desk, who I don't care about at all. Louisa, put some respect on her name. Put some respect on her name. So they have to steal the horn of objection from the cobblestone set. And this is the best part of the episode. We get split up into two different groups. And this show's good for that because the characters are interesting. Mary and Stat go to the cobblestone set. And Deb and Twink go to Pride to try and slow down the procession, which will end in a straight wedding. Um, And we get two Mm -hmm. jokes that I like here where Twink says, Smush me, crowd. And Deb says, (laughs) I'll be like Wells Fargo going to Pride for the wrong reasons. That was very funny that was, about... That was a great line. Yeah. I also loved... I'm not sure where it happened in there, but the line where Mary was like, I think you what I'm thinking. And Twink goes, how is a, like, literally so random? Okay, <laughs> is that can do... Okay, knows that can... No, wait. Okay, yes. is that can smell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, is that can smell. <laughs> Noses are really... Oh, my God. It was really funny. It I fucked that up. Sorry to Matt Rogers and all involved, but it was funny. <laughs> Never apologize. Good. We have said worse things. <laughs> so <laughs> under the city of Genovia is a secret city. Yes. Which is fine and cool and spy. And Cobblestones is filmed there. And Cobblestones is kind of like Buffy. There's like a reference to a musical episode, which maybe is a Buffy reference. Not sure. But it's, it's also like Passions and The Twilight Zone and Sister Act. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote down that line. I didn't even think it was that funny. I just wrote down the things that Cobblestones is like. I will. Any Sister Act reference is good for me. Yeah, we have our two separate plot lines. So we have uh, Stat and Steve, Mary going to Cobblestones. I think the most amazing thing there is that Stat is just so excited and delighted by everything. Mm. We find out that all the sets are there. It's where Jesus first got her period. <laughs> um, um, and Stat sees all of the props. It's like, take photos of me. Take all the photos. Ah, help. Good. I love it. So we intercut between Stat just being delighted and Steve searching for the horn of objection to Deb and Twink running around the pride parade. Um, there's about a million mics, which I think... Is that like how all the straight men are called Josh? I read it just as a... Yeah. I read it just as a joke about mm-hmm. how 
Pride can be if you're a person like Twink, where, you know, sometimes you go to Pride with a person and every time you turn around, they're meeting someone they've seen before. I thought it was just a joke about that. <laughs> I I think it was also to make fun of, like, the Instagram, the white cis Instagram gays of oh, yes. LA or whatever, yeah. where it's like they're all named Josh or something and they all look exactly the same and don't have any female friends or people like people of color friends <laughs> yeah. they've got just they're like little photocopies of each other with all the same name see i've had it where anyway, that's just what i thought <laughs> i've had it where growing up in like far north queensland i would go with my mums to mm. Cairns pride and they would know everyone but that's just because the pride like the queer community people. up there is yeah it's about 12 <laughs> people and then family first following them protesting um it was an interesting time um i love you mum. i know it. that you listen to this podcast now <laughs> and right. i've never said anything this about myself or anything <laughs> I've ever done. Um. Your your parents did a great job because what more could you want than a podcaster <laughs> for a child? Oh, you heard it here, Mum. Um, you've got a podcaster as a child. That can't be, be wrong. proud of she me. Has, like five digit Twitch Twitter followers, so. Mum, be more proud of me than your son who has given you a grandchild (laughs) and a farm. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Deb Deb also dodges two X's and her broadband at Pride. That that is also (laughs) funny as fuck, honestly. (laughs) Uh, And then we come back to Stat and Steve who run into Benji. Uh, And... Benji's well, real first bitter. they find the horn of objection yes. in the horn section. They do. They find the horn of yes, objection. Yes, I did enjoy that terrible joke. <laughs> yes. With a box labelled horn section. Very yes. Yeah. It's so dumb. Uh, but yes, they run into Benji. Benji is very bitter, uh, as you would be if, you're, if you run into your ex who dumped you at a funeral. Yeah, and you both live in LA, but you're both in Genovia for World Pride. Yeah. <laughs> but I also I also loved that as one of the best things about this episode is this this like universal pride experience, or at least I find it to be universal of like dodging your exes, seeing your ex when you're trying to hide, um, this thing with the um, seeing the three mics. That's yeah. I thought that was good. Seeing that all felt- of the rainbow mm-hmm. capitalism that's happening and uh, trying yeah, to that like... Felt, that felt current and modern time gay experience to me. Yeah, like I think all the jokes yeah. about Pride are, are fun and more of that in the show, please. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like even though it doesn't make sense for Benji to be there necessarily, like because it's Pride, it just makes total sense. Yeah. That of course this would happen. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got a mind control hat. Benji has a mind control hat yes. as well that he puts on himself and then they finally figure out that it's a mind control hat. Yes, it's the same hat that <laughs> Buck was wearing and it is a hat that makes It takes you... them a very long time, sorry. So long. <laughs> takes them a really long time to figure out the hat thing yeah. for spies. <laughs> yeah, like... You or think... it took Stat a long time and Steve knew for the whole time because he's like, you're making my boyfriend's brain Eggs Benedict. It's... Yeah. It's just, I, I think the idea of mind-controlling party hats is kind of silly. So, like, that's cool. Maybe no. don't. No? You hate it? Okay, fine. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you think that it's silly. I, 
Very serious spot for me. Lawson, I'm going to personally fight you. I am. Okay. I, I'm going to come to your house and punch this you right is in it. the face. The, the duo is falling apart. The episode final episode 11. Episode 11 is just uh, all foley work of us punching each other in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a roast battle. <laughs> <laughs> the library your jokes is are so open. bad you could write for Q Force. Um, <laughs> so. These are great. Here's, so here's the thing that frustrated me. These hypno hats are things that Grayscale created and made themselves, mm-hmm. but they have not used because mm-hmm. for some reason, because the show still wants it to be okay that they're working for the AAA. So for some reason, mm-hmm. they they are erasing the minds and lives of gay agents, but they're like a hypno hat. That's a step too far. <laughs> It's so bizarre. It's just so rooted in this nationalism. It was also very confusing. It was confusing, yes. Yeah, that's because I was like, why are you... I don't understand why you're still working with these people then. And also the hats worked, but also could be undone by a code name very easily. The exact same code... code, Yeah, we. the exact (laughs) same code phrase that the Grayscale people used about Deborah Winger. Yeah. Which, yeah... It doesn't make a lot of sense. No. <laughs> it seems like that time they weren't going to get the horn of objection, which eventually broke and so it didn't have any relevance to the plot. Could have been time spent breaking into a secret archive, maybe still in the cobblestone set, and finding the trigger word that would unlock the people mm. that, which would be oh. relevant to the final. I mean, again, I'm not a TV writer. Because yeah, it's like we, uh, we go on this separate mission to find the horn of objection. We find it, which is like cool so the horn's going to be used at the wedding and that's going to be satisfying payoff as an audience so they you know they they get on a float they're fighting uh princess mira is really pissed because twinks cause a diversion with drag queens so no one's at the wedding and then and this is this is one of the best parts though is that um twink and deb are seen are shown to be quite good at yes. their jobs right mm-hmm. so Twink's thing is having his contacts in the drag community as a, like a license for being a drag queen. He shows it to the queens on the float. They're like, of course, <laughs> come right up here. Um, we're an international community. Uh, and that's sort of been an on-running joke in the in the show. It really, yeah. does, really exactly the kind of stuff that I want to see. And, and Deb is like... And then Deb gets on. Deb's a mechanic yep. lesbian, like, is is good with cars, is, <laughs> is shown to be just very capable, reckless driver, which anyone who has been in a car <laughs> with a lesbian mum who is driving, uh, Gwen, I love you, <laughs> but have you seen my mum handle the fucking... <laughs> yeah, listen, listen to the podcast get roasted. And no! I will say I really like... Um, Twink and Deb, like I was thinking about it because I'm watching Somebody Somewhere. I don't know if you've seen it. Nope. Um, it's a new show by Bridget Everett. It's like this very small. Anyway, it, this is all backstory to say my thought for some reason. Um, <laughs> but I really love, like, you don't get to see many depictions of, like, queer men and lesbians. Like, they're no. always kept separated for some reason. And most of, like, not most, but, you know, I have some very good friends that are gay men or, like, you know, mm. queer men or non-binary people or whatever. But you never get to see, like, lesbians having fun and hanging out with other queer people that aren't also just lesbians. I don't know. There's something so nice no, about I, that that relationship that I love. There, I think there's that divide that was sort of, created in the 90s and 2000s and 80s and probably before that and stuff, you know, that there's that divide 
between lesbians and gay men, and there was like a big like stereotype that they hated each other, yeah, right? That they would yeah. never get get along for a long period. Of time. I, I feel like uh, you see in the current queer community isn't like that. Yeah, I feel like mm. you see in shows. So, for instance, Queer as Folk, mm. l- like the American version, they're f- like. All the gay guys are friends with the two token lesbians, even though I think one of them is bisexual. But they also mm. hate them, and they're always having fights and getting catty at each other. And it's just like, no, that's that's real stupid. Like, I yeah. same with the L word. The when, whenever I remember, there's the guy who's the um, manager of the cafe. Mm-hmm is a gay man and he comes in and he changes things up and he makes it make money again and everyone sort of just hates yeah. him for being gay. It's like the media... I guess he also cheats on Someone cheats on him. It's like the media, like the early 2000s sort of media depiction pits queer like gay men and lesbians against each other and so yeah having mm-hmm. having twink and deb be very capable at their jobs be like mm-hmm. they i they have like little like jabs at each other but it's it feels less like they're fighting mm-hmm. and more just that sort of like we're friends and so we can playfully jab at each other um yeah but in the end we're and friends. again Beck, this is the frustrating part you know you see these glimpses <sighs> of what mm-hmm. you could have had right mm-hmm. So Deb gets down underneath the float and soups it up and <laughs> gets more out of the thing. And there's a joke for my favorite jokes here, but then she blocks the crowd with the float and Twink does what he does best, creates a distraction and puts on with the drag queens in perfect unison doing a fantastic dance, lip syncs to Wolves in the River. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's really fun. That's so silly and so fun. And like, again, showing little glimpses of like this, like, using being queer to be good at your job and fight crime Mm. and then the show does something where they use the cartoon nature of the show to tell to move the plot along really well and quickly in that (laughs) mary and and stat just come up out of the sewers exactly in the right spot yeah (laughs) which doesn't matter no one cares it did i didn't it yeah, didn't no. throw me out nope. or anything. I was like, great, good, yeah. it's a cartoon, let's yeah. go. <laughs> um, I love Twink's joke there as well, which might be a repeated joke, but where they wanted him to stop doing the drag dance. And he was like, if you die in a lip sync, you die in real life. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, I think that, I, I don't think that jokes happened in the show before and right. it's so silly and so, do- I use the word silly so too good. much. I've lost all meaning to that word, but it's it's such a delightful. <laughs> but silly is the best, this show is the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When it's embracing, like just being stupid, it's at its most fun. <laughs> I was going to say it does, it does seem like they get tired because I feel like the inspiration for the show was like, this world of like spy and James Bond and all that is so masculine and so mm-hmm. like hetero that we want to do so- like a queer version, but they're so tied up in the spy stuff, which yeah. is like, it it doesn't allow them to go with the relationship stuff as much. And I'm like, you can have some spy stuff, but I can also just watch James Bond if I want to see a boring man do spy stuff. Like give me more of this weird, silly shit. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and there is some really great things in some of the ups- other episodes where, like, they do a classic, like, seduction uh, oh, scene and, like, uh, a femme fatale 
uh, who's a guy who turns bad and stuff like that. It's, right, right, right. I think it's. The I am judging episode. this on one episode, so. Oh no, no, no! I'm not Apologies. saying you're wrong. I'm just saying mm-hmm. again, there's these flashes of exactly that potential, right. you know? Yeah. Um, where like I think Steve kisses a guy to distract him, and then steals a briefcase and throws him off the bridge. <laughs> <or something. laughs> nice. So then they have a big fight because uh, the princess's wedding is delayed. She needs to be married because then she has under Genovian law, the ability to declare war. And she sends the army after them. They go to fight Q-Force. Q-Force is fighting them off and starts to lose. The fight scene, pretty good. The action, pretty good. Obviously, they were animating a lot this episode, so they sort of Mm -hmm. did some anime sort of freeze poses in this one, but it was still good. Mm -hmm. And then they start to lose, but then the Grayscale army gets there. So we get all the old gays and Vs there. And V says um, that it's pronounced Budapest, not Budapest, <laughs> which if I don't know if you've ever been there, but that's so fucking funny to me. <laughs> it's all anyone I know who have been to Budapest says. Oh, it's, so. it's like, um, oh, it, it's like that I, stereotype. Ibiza. Yeah, Ibiza. <laughs> I'm going to Ibiza, um, which I yep. think I first heard that. But the other part of that joke, the other part of it is, and I wish she'd said this, and it's two cities, uh, Buddha and Pet. Uh, <laughs> that that would only be funny to you, Lawson. <laughs> I feel like you've also know. said this a lot common. in your life. <laughs> Well, look now, everybody. This is the you're like most. you're like everyone keeps saying this, and flash cut to it's just you over and over again. <laughs> oh, I want to see. Can we cut to a Lawson montage of just yeah. <laughs> being like, and it's two cities, guys. <laughs> I mean, it is one is Buddha and one is Pesto on opposite sides of the river. So, <laughs> so uh, they can't object to the wedding because the proper horn gets broken. Um, so inst- What's which, the point? You know, why? Again, why was this even here? Yeah. But then what happens, and I can't imagine this wasn't just so confusing for you, Beck. Mm. Another princess walks into the church. Mm. And this is Twink, who has the ability to dress in drag very convincingly. <laughs> now, did you get that? And when did you get it? <laughs> I didn't get it until... Um... Just now. Uh, actually, I no, just now. <laughs> I got it when they um when they had another scene where Twink was like, "How much money do you have?" Mm-hmm. Um, I knew then, and like because their voice had changed. But yeah, I didn't yep. quite understand what was happening there. But I don't mind a double. It's a princess switch vibe. I can get into that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. many Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> yeah, and so many. Is it Vanessa's Hudgen? It must be. If it's plural. <laughs> I, I think um, <laughs> I think it's Vanessa's Hudgens. It's just double S's. Everyone is confused. One of them is a movie star. Um, the the next Princess Switch movie, there's going to be an actual army of Vanessa Hudgenses. <laughs> so so yeah. So previously, Twink has been shown to be able to drag in a way that is sort of magical, you know. And he of all the mm-hmm. characters has the least physics applied to him. Because mm-hmm. he has jelly bones. He has jelly bones, but also just just strange. Oh, great! Yeah, and so then they have the big fight with people in the gay hats, and the princess is like, "Rah rah rah! This is what I get for trying to be a hashtag girl boss for trying to hashtag resist." Again, really weirdly placing the villain as some like feminist mm-hmm. viewpoint, but like a, mm-hmm. I don't know, a, like liberal feminist, but still, yeah. 
And then V gets into the free microphone and says the secret sentence, Deborah Winger should be in less movies. And then, as you say, very simple, very simply, Deb punches the princess in the face and she goes down. <laughs> I mean, mm. I, I do feel like realistically the princess wouldn't be very physically fit to fight so it makes sense that she'd go and de- go down in one punch but it's also just like so easy to defeat <laughs> so um, anticlimactic and yeah it, it feels i don't know maybe this was 12 episodes and they had to make it 10 real fast yeah. or something because because yeah also the bit where buck picks twink instead of because he has to choose which one is the real one or whatever mm-hmm. like that moment had no tension at all really it just was everything was just so like so much was spent on the setup of like building the tension and then the moments of tension were over so quickly that it was like what did we just spend all this time doing (laughs) yeah no i i I agree and some could say that about the entire podcast but so (laughs) jeff punches the princess and says not this one with you back specifically i mean the whole Thing. No, of course. <laughs> Everyone else. This is the only good episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so Deb punches. We the... say that to every guest. Deb punches the princess and says, "Megan Markle would never," which is fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then there's so this Twink and Buck thing where Buck chooses Twink kind of sort of relates to another episode previously where they were going to prank Buck uh... by Twink dressing up as the princess and going on a date with him, and then they do do that, then he falls in love with Twink as the princess, Um, which is, like, so much straight guy Twink relationship and so unnecessary, Mm. and it's so uncomfortable as well because he has not indicated at all that he is gay, but the show, Uh, like, sort of insists on putting them together. And Twink wants to top Buck. Like, that's another thing from that previous that's episode. Canon. Where yeah. That's canon. Okay, well, that's I'm, I approve of that. But <laughs> that's what I mean. This So much of it was about Buck, and I'm like, yeah. I don't care. He's the one I care least about, and I obviously don't know many of these characters already, but I'm like, if I had to choose one to disappear, <laughs> it would automatically be him. And the whole episode is them trying to save him, and I'm like... Why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about these straight people. I don't want to watch this to see some asshole get saved. You know what? Here's another way we could anyway. have done this. Steve could have. Okay, let's imagine a world Buck doesn't exist. Steve yes. gets kidnapped. So one, we don't have to deal with him because he's being hypnotized. It's horrible because he's being hypnotized into being into a straight relationship. So she's mm-hmm. got extra evil parts, and the team has to get together to save mm-hmm. him, which is a nice story about how they really love him and he taught them things. You know? Yeah. 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 So anyone could be hypnotized into marrying her. It's, they've got yeah, a hat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beck, Lawson and I have a theory that the enjoyment of the show mm. goes up the less Buck is involved in the episode, um, mm-hmm. which I think you've really exemplified by saying we don't want to watch <laughs> these straight people. Uh, you've just you've taken our really scientific hypothesis <laughs> and just smushed it into one sentence. <laughs> Well, sorry or okay, no, no, I, I think congratulations. What, what I'm saying. Okay, great. <laughs> I think congratulations for I think it just really struck me coming in late as well. I was like I assume the show is about one thing and it is, but also there was so much carry on about everyone that's not in the community that I'm like, this yeah. is this show really about like how what's the what's the balance? Do you know what I mean? I felt like the balance was a bit off. 
we know this is this is exactly what we've been trying to figure out for ten episodes. <laughs> and yeah, I, it, that's this, again it, why I was interested in reviewing it because it, it could be something, but it's just not quite there, and it's so focused on this on these straight people and like this mm-hmm. straight yeah. point of view as well. But everyone involved in it is gay. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that um, the issue with the show is that it's written by mm. queer people, so it's all helmed by queer people. But it's like it's written for for a straight audience. It's not written for queer people. It's written to like win over the straight people in the audience, which is really weird. Like, just give me gay shit. Especially in this era of small, uh, hyper niche markets, and you know, like the format of Netflix is surely not to have this sh- have shows that necessarily have huge broad appeal. I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Well, yeah. Well, you wouldn't do something like this is an animation about a queer spy for, like you should be trying to build like a loyal queer audience yeah. that builds word of mouth you would think rather than trying to appeal to, like make an average show for everyone i don't know that's probably being a bit too harsh but and it also i don't know coming <laughs> coming from my we, look we don't yeah. know what the network notes were <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well exactly that's about to say i don't know how much creative control they have over yeah. it. like i assume a lot because um, ja- uh, Sean Hayes has a lot of power, I would assume, mm. in the industry. So I can't imagine it's the network's notes that are making it. It's like, I think it's in the structure of the show is the problem. I agree. But- yeah. Yeah. They started out the show um, back with Steve announcing he was gay after he graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, just at the end, just when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. Right. So it kind of, like, it so it kind of seemed like it wanted to be involved in that space, but again, you know, none of that stuff is necessary, right? You could have just had, hey, this is the queer force. They're their own spy agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all gay, and maybe they deal with gay crimes. Maybe they deal with non-gay crimes. But you know, they go and deal with well, crimes, and they're gay. Yeah, and they none of this. Other they stuff deal has with to be involved. they deal with crimes in a gay way. Yeah, How, that's much better show than dealing with homophobia <laughs> as spies in a spy <laughs> in way. A spy yeah, way. <laughs> dealing with. <laughs> Dealing with crimes in a gay way versus dealing with homophobes in a spiral. <laughs> yeah. I think that's perfect. But the other thing is, like, so at the end of the episode, we get them having a party, celebrating. The director of the AIA is like, well, you've saved the world and I'm still homophobic. Oh, I've got a party mm. hat on now. <laughs> but it would have been so, like, if they still wanted to do this the whole season, it would have been so much more satisfying if right at the end Chun-Li comes up and they're just like, you know what, actually Chun-Li, fuck you. We're starting yeah. our own agency and it's called Q-Force. And yeah. that would have felt like, I, I don't know, it's just a lot more of a satisfying story of being like... Well, it gives the characters more agency yeah. for one. And it doesn't have them accepting that they're just going to live under this guy who's not going to be permanently mind-controlled, but is only going to be mind-controlled sometimes. And that, and then he's like, it's okay, I brainwashed him. He's a dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just a very, I was just like, well, so we're ending with you just going along with these guys, these bad homophobic people <laughs> more? I don't know. I was. They crave their approval. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but I hate that. I like with I every. Yeah. It's two thousand. What is it? A twenty two. <laughs> I forgot the year. Twenty twenty two. It's twenty twenty two. This was released in twenty twenty one. So it's like. And it's full of like, like it's an got incredible writers and cast. Like some of the funniest queer people I can think of, 
and it's still like so much about homophobia i'm just like Mm. it just would have been so much better if we had moved past that and made it something different even though i'm not saying you can't address it it's not a real thing but it just i think that is what has kept the show from becoming really good yeah yeah it kind of feels like now that i'm thinking about it, it kind of feels like an after school special that you would like that like someone edgy has come up with to show rough dudes <laughs> how to be cool with gay people you know <laughs> like you said the f slur one too many times on the playground we're gonna sit you down and make you watch this cool spy show with gays i, I think yeah that we've we've just moved so far past the only plot point for queer communities being so it feels like there's sort of like these overcoming their minority overcoming minority status or uh like the key plot points previously not in this show particularly but like just for queer characters is like coming out not being accepted Mm -hmm. by their family Mm -hmm. facing homophobia facing like facing all Mm -hmm. the systemic shit where it's like why can't you just have queer people living their lives being happy you can still have like little points where there is that stuff that's very real because you know homophobia does of course exist Uh, people Mm -hmm. aren't accepted people do have trouble coming out but just why can't we center queer joy yeah and also sorry but the if you're going to if you want to do this sort of you know make a point show your main character can't be as handsome cis white gym gay (laughs) like if anything that needs to have been binned like if it was twink as the head or like deb i'd be like great at least that's an interesting progression i'm like the biggest victim (laughs) the people have to deal with homophobia and stuff and not this guy as much as the other people in the cast and i feel like it's just like a dated a dated thing to have him as the one you know yeah yeah well the power structures in the show go and I think, you know, everyone agrees this is the correct ordering of society. <laughs> straight white guy, straight white woman, mm. straight white, uh, sorry, gay white guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Basically. everybody else. Yeah. 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 Uh, which and is it, just, oh. It's just the juxtaposition of that. I feel like that feels very dated to me with this, like, amazing, like, a, a new adult animated cartoon about queer people is so fresh in my mind. It's so, like, modern. Mm to have it it's like automatically like it set itself back so far because i'm like okay well what next like this is old this is boring yeah 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 and it's on netflix as well like i i I know i said about the niche audience before but it's not as though this is something that's coming up on people's televisions Mm. you know that kids are going to be watching and and angry mums are going to write in about or anything like i don't really understand the fear they had of you know, we're going to make something like Archer, but gay, and like we don't want to offend anyone. Well, have you seen Archer? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I, I just. I think coming into this final episode, I. Because Lawson, you you subjected me to this show. You were the reason <laughs> I'm here, um, complaining. I've watched it twice, so. Come yeah, on. well, you were the one who said we should do a podcast about this and not Winks Club, um, which would have. <laughs> at least been joyful in some way except for fate the wink saga which is bad um but (laughs) wink's tangent over um like i i feel like there was so much like potential here and i feel like coming into this last episode i shouldn't be going finally it's over 
<laughs> That's a sign that the show is <laughs> not a good failed. sign. Yeah. And it, yeah, but even in the episode itself, I wanted to... Oh, sorry, no, you go. Just in the episode itself, <laughs> you kind of get that finally it's over feeling as well, because the last thing that we sort of haven't gotten to, but the last thing that's happened in the episode is it ends five different times. <laughs> like, it does. Uh, they, there's the party... There's the party where they're all happy. There's they brainwash Chunli. There's a little moment between Twink and Bark. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen and the Grayskill people are there and don't get talked, don't get um, words or lines. Mary breaks down crying when V says she's proud because we love straight approval. And then Benji and Mary meet after the party, and Mary says, "Hey, I'm a spy." It's like three or four different things that get wrapped yeah. up in the last, like, two minutes of the show. Mm. And I just, again, the bits... I feel like there's so much in this episode. Surely the bits with Chun-Li and Lin- Louisa Des, we could just chuck right yeah. out. Agreed. Yeah. Especially since they didn't... <laughs> nothing seemed to have a bearing on anything else. And it was like, well, what are we just doing these little vignettes of boring people for? I don't know. But that's the that's the thing, is it is a shame because... I And I feel like I watched the first episode when it came out and it obviously didn't grab me... But it should grab mm. me. Like, do yeah. I want to watch a cool queer spy show with Patty Harrison and like Gabe Liebman writing it? Yes, I really do. But I don't want it to be this one. No. 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 All right. So now it's time for <laughs> good jokes and curse words. <laughs> oh, on a, such a happy, lighthearted note of us really <laughs> loving this. Well, there show. is great jokes. Well, there is great yeah. jokes. Some of them. Yeah. And that's what makes it sadder. <laughs> yeah, let's start off the cursed jokes, because that way we can end on a high note. Okay, I'm trying to figure out, because for me at least, I feel like at the start of the season, there was more cursed jokes. Like, there was more points where I was just like, this joke fucking sucks. But as it's come, as, as it's come to the end, there, there have been good jokes, but instead of cursed jokes, it's just been mediocre shit. Mm. Yeah, I have one cursed joke for this episode. Which is when when Steve slams into a room, slams the door opens, shouts, "We're here! We're Q Force! We're gonna save everybody!" or whatever he does. Or everyone, get your hands up! And there's no one in the room. Uh, this is where they think Buck is gonna be, but they can't find him. He says, "Oh damn it! I wasted all that masculinity for nothing." And Twink said, "Not for nothing. My little butthole went whoop." <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. I sort of liked that. it. <laughs> I, sort of, I thought the del- his delivery was really good yeah, of the I, boob. And they showed his little butt. It was really cute to me. Sorry to... I think his delivery was good. I agree yeah. with that. I, but on further, but the, the thing I think I really don't like about this joke yeah. is the idea that Steve has like this like amount of masculinity right. that he can like use or not yeah. use as though like... As a gay, he needs to like really reserve it. You only get um, seven. And then only dish it out at certain. Yeah, you get seven masculine goes a day, and you have to use them all. Yeah, if you're gay, but if you're but if you're straight, you get maybe twelve. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was my curse joke. Did you have any curse jokes? Back? I don't think so. I think the turn on and off again thing. I was just it stood out to me because mm. I was like, what. <laughs> What the hell? What is, <laughs> what is happening? Is this 1985? Yeah. I really didn't understand. <laughs> but it does, I do wonder about the mix of, because these are all very smart, funny people. Like, it seems weird to me that 
bad jokes would get in that aren't, you know, haven't been put there by some executive producer or Netflix executive that, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's probably is push and pull between what they think is funny and what the the executives think will fly with the audience because that happens um, a lot where they're like, the audience won't get that, your niche gay joke make it broader and stupider yeah. but i don't know that that's but, just speculation but you say that it is and we don't know how long they had to write yeah. it as well mm. you know maybe they're writing 10 episodes in two weeks or something so silly the other like thing that. is you say it's like we need to make this joke broader but they've mentioned quibby so many times in this show <laughs> and that's probably my curse joke just the mention of quibby which immediately dates the show rest in peace quibby and I do think that is also a Matt Rogers thing because he hosted a show on Quibi. Um, really? Yes. Yeah, I'm so sorry, jokes. Matt Rogers. He, he, <laughs> he, it was like a gay game show, which is actually pretty funny. I watched a couple of apps of it on Quibi. Yes. Was it just called Game Show? Yeah, it was Game Show, I think. I believe you're right. Excellent. Um, but yeah, so I think Quibi, but it does definitely, I'm like, that's that joke's for like some people on Twitter, like, a year ago <laughs> not yeah <laughs> to be in your tv show i i guess this wasn't a curse joke but it certainly made me go was that a joke where <laughs> he asked they were looking for the final episode or the deleted episode of the cobblestones mm-hmm. show about the marriage which is the secret plan of the bad guy in this episode and steve's steve asks stat if she's been able to find it on and then he just lists all these weird Ooh. names of you know things that could be video sites i picked up and that joke was yeah i picked awful. up so there was quibi which was real tubi which is yeah. real Mubi, which is real and i don't know about the last the other <laughs> ones but the, I, i'm pretty sure they mentioned manolo which is absolutely not uh, <laughs> but it's just that i feel like that joke was just kind of like well, I hate this. Um, move on quickly, please. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of feels to me like um, a joke that is maybe good in the room. Yes. You know, like it's like late at night and someone's, someone suggests it and it's just like so silly, yeah. you know, yeah. in a way that people are like, yeah, that's funny. Silly is funny. Oh, they also they also mention at one point Mira references Buck saying that he's a fuck ton of hard meat and that can go straight out the fucking window. Ooh. Yeah, I yeah. hate that. It was no, thank you. So upsetting. That's I'm so wild. sorry. That's cursed, but not a joke. <laughs> All right, <laughs> good jokes now. Uh, would you like to go first with the jokes that you did like? Though? Yes, I think I've said a bunch of them as we went, but um, okay, <laughs> I did like well the ones I wrote down basically uh, they've all come up pretty much the um spending pride in a museum that's also a church what next math homework how noses are literally so random okay ears that can do smelling I think that was my favorite joke <laughs> it was just <laughs> so, okay ears that can do I smelling was really it was really <laughs> funny to me. And I really like, well, these are not jokes, but I did notice because Ira Madison, who's another podcast host, he played someone in the crowd of Pride and also the French, weird French character that showed up mm-hmm. very briefly that showed them the, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, I don't know who that person was, but Ira Madison on his podcast does a bad French accent. So this is how niche these like 
they're, these are all friends making these shows because he like <laughs> appears to do his accent in the show. But he goes in the pride. He's like, this frozen eggnog is doing what it needs to do. And I just thought it was interesting <laughs> because it was like, it's so, it's something that someone would say that means nothing, but people do say it. So it's sort of like a lovely, a loving, like mocking moment about what gay men say, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, then I just. It's really also love a this. good reference yeah. to this is a Christmas land, right? So yeah, yes. <laughs> I do love the Christmas land idea, but yeah, I also really love the Wells Fargo. Call me Wells Fargo because I'm about to participate in Pride for all the wrong reasons, and also Deb, <laughs> um, when she finds about the the princess getting married, she's like, a woman shouldn't need a man to be a homicidal dictator. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah, those oh. were my on the um, on the Citibank or, or or the Pride jokes. There was one that I haven't written down, but actually thought was okay, which was Twink saying, "I hear uh, Glenn Claxo flying or something, or some bank or mm, big pharmaceutical mm-hmm. company is going by they them pronouns now, <laughs> according to the sign." It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Good so- stuff. Oh. Uh, such a corporate thing. Uh, Ollie? Um, yeah, I think all of the ones that have been mentioned I found really funny. I did also really like that uh, part of uh, the rules of Genovia. In, so the the reason princesses have to get married is because they need to have a man so they can become queen for several reasons. So one is so they have the authority to raise taxes to declare war or to use a knife at dinner. <laughs> I, I did find that just like little yeah. jab at the end was very, very, very stupid. Um, I also like that uh, Deb's signature mood uh, move is just kneeing a man in the balls. Um, yes. And their response, which I'm trying to figure out if it was funny or if I hated it so much that I laughed was our nuts are pre-cracked. Uh, which, oh, because yeah. they're dressed like the because they're dressed like nutcrackers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like it's one of those ones where I think at the time it was funny, and thinking on it now, I'm just like, I kind of fucking hate it. But I think it's a reference, not a joke. But it's yeah. fine. But but yeah, De- Deb's signature move just being ne- being kneeing a man in the balls is very fun. <laughs> but I think yeah, I think everything else has been mentioned. Just it's. Oh, I, I do think that um, just just any time Stat got a t- got time to mention cobblestones was funny. Oh, just yeah. being so <laughs> delighted by cobblestones, like it's like being on an episode of Cobblestones with better lighting and less snakes. Um, <laughs> this episode is harder to find than the nipple cut of cats. Uh, it's just. <laughs> I also so liked Mary saying when um Stat was. It was like excited about the cobblestones and was like, "Take me, take a photo." And Mary was like, "We're we're trying to save the world." He's like, "I'll take two photos, but that's it." Because yeah. I'm not a monster. Because <laughs> I'm not a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I also liked that both him and Twink mentioned that this is the happiest they'd ever seen. Stat, <laughs> and they're like, "We'll never see happy again." <laughs> my my jokes that I have put have not been said yet, so <gasps> mm. I've got three of them. One is Twink in the janitor bag, walking past Pride and saying, Mmm, the smell of sweat and trash. 
I want to go to Pride. <laughs> it was very good. Yep. Uh, at the end of the show of Cobblestones that they were watching, there was an ad for Mistletoe brand maternity cigarettes, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really good. Uh, and when Deb set, goes down to the bottom of the float and starts souping it up, she yells out to Twink, do you know these are basically just uh, cardboard put on top of a lawnmower engine? And <laughs> Twink says, Deb, you're like my school and my friend. <laughs> Which I thought was very good. That was great. <laughs> um, good stuff. And you know what else was great? Reviewing this episode and season. So thank you very much for being on the show, Beck. Uh, we have one final thing that we do, of course, which is plugs. Um, would you like to plug some of your things to the Oh, um, Patrick Lenton and I, I don't know if anyone knows him, but he is an arts and culture editor. We have a substack called All the Heterosexual... Oh, my God. All the Heterosexual Nonsense <laughs> I Was Forced to Endure, dot, 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 where we recap um, shows like The Bachelor and recently have started recapping Married at First Sight, which um, is yes. hell on earth, and I regret every moment of it. Um, so you can witness our descent into madness uh, there if you mm-hmm. like. But everything, you can just go to my Twitter at Snitch and, I don't know, look around. <laughs> I love that you had the same experience as us in your um, producing content life of reviewing things that hurt you so hurt us all. I will say, uh, I, as someone who hate watches The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, those all the heterosexual nonsense I've had to endure recaps were everything to me. Um, oh, like, I, especially because all of the straight people in my life hated Abby Chatfield and me, what a smart bisexual, was just like, actually, mm-hmm. she's the best, fuck you. <laughs> um, like, a, a woman who enters a show by being like, you're an astrophysicist, I'm a Gemini, <laughs> and who openly just tells a man on national TV, I'm horny. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Exactly. So Thank good. You. But There's no one recaps, like that on maths. Everything. They're all... Um, oh. terrible people. Yeah. I can't say that, but there. I'm not sure if it was your recap, but I was reading something about maths where a guy was like, hey, I'm not sure. This seems like a bit much for me. And I'm like, what show are you on? <laughs> <laughs> but are they all like that? Like, he was like, this is getting too oh. serious. It's married at first yes. sight, not dates they're, at first sight. They're terrible. They're, I don't know where they found these men, but they can <laughs> go back there as far as I'm concerned. All the bucks... <laughs> no, more <bucks>. <laughs> <laughs> no more bucks no more bucks alright no Ollie do you want to do your bugs uh, yes you can find me on twitter at oh my Ollie uh, on instagram at Olivia Kate Creative or if you like movie reviews and me being unhinged you can find me on letterboxd at oh my Ollie as well uh, and I will plug the uh, plug the pod uh, pod socials at the end so Lawson where can we find you uh, on Twitter, Lawson Line, L-Y-O-N, also on Twitch at the same place. Uh, also keep up with this feed. We might do a recap episode just to talk about the whole season and what we feel about it uh, next week. And then we'll be moving into something new, Two Force Yellow Jackets, maybe. Ooh, are we committing to Yellow better. Jackets? Are we, com- are we I committing think to I got them, to please? choose. I think I got to choose Q4, so you can choose the next yes. one. Oh, I Christina actually Ricci being unhinged. I've um I loved Yellow Jackets and I've seen it all and I haven't seen any podcasts about it so I would listen slash be on it 
Excellent. Great. Vibe. Hell yeah. It's a great show. It, it would just be We've me being recording, like, yeah, I so. love Christina Ricci. I love her so much. Uh, Misty yeah. is the best character. <laughs> uh, okay, the pod. Yes, you can find you can find the podcast at Two Force Pod on most things. So uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Linktree. <laughs> um, you can also <laughs> just search Two Force Podcast on Facebook. Where there occasionally you might see pictures of a cat, which is uh, Jupiter, who is a friend of the pod, um, the gayest <laughs> cat, and uh, you can. Follow us, keep up to date, and listen as we descend into the hell of a different show, which is going to be better. <laughs> Thank you again, Avec, <laughs> for coming on, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. I'm Lawson. And I'm Ollie. And, and we're, we're Two Force. This episode of Two Force brought to you by Grayscale Mattresses, now with locations open in Kuala Lumpur, Wollongong, and Budapest. That's right, it's Budapest, not Budapest. Budapest is also two cities, the city of Buddha and the city of Pesh, each on either side of the river. That's right, it's Budapest, not Budapest. Grayscale mattresses, don't forget.